Hello, and welcome to Notes from the Urban Farm. I am Kelly Maher, and I am actually on my little urban farm right now, hence the fact that I'm giving you notes from it. <laughs> this is the first episode, so I have no idea if this is going to be good or fun or if you're going to hate it, but there's only one way to find out, and that's to actually make it and do the thing. So I'm going to try that. So it is late August here on our little urban farm, about four acres nestled right at the foot of the Rocky Mountains, just north of Denver, Colorado. And it's starting to finally cool down in the evenings, which is nice. That hot August sun just really baked everything. And we're finally getting some rain and it smells like rain in the evenings, which is just especially beautiful. But also, all of the plants then are deciding to throw all of their pollen. So everything is covered with this fine yellow dust. And it's just basically a gigantic sneeze fest. So there's that. Here's what's going on on the farm this week. First off, we just got our guinea chicks in the mail. And if you've never heard of guineas, they're kind of like chickens, uh, except they're much louder. They have naked heads, kind of like turkeys, so they're like chickens, but very ugly. And uh, they're also just exceptionally loud. They have very, very loud calls. And I feel like people who are urban farmers either love or they hate guineas, and there's really nothing in between. I happen to be a guinea lover, but I know plenty of people who have gotten guineas deeply regretted it and then... Uh, tried to get rid of them by pawning them off on me. I like to start guineas from chicks because in addition to being much louder than chickens, they are also really, really, really dumb. Like, they are so dumb. They're like suicidally dumb. It's basically like a fearless robot chicken is what a guinea is. Like a loud, fearless, suicidal robot chicken. Now, by the way, they use this loud call basically any time that anything feels just a little bit off for them. If they see bugs that they don't know, if they see a snake, if they see a groundhog, they will start screaming. Uh, They are great, great watchdogs. So anybody comes near the property, they will scream at you. If they do not know you, they will scream at you. If the wind blows the wrong way, they will scream at you. If the cat looks sideways at them, they will scream. It's great because I always know if there's something kind of off. Also, they're on the other side of the property. So I can be far away in the kitchen. And if the guinea starts screaming, I know to come outside and check and make sure that there's not a predator out. Or um, oftentimes they will, in fact, they're because they are such good hunters, they will surround something that is a threat to them and will attack it like suicidal robot chickens. So I've seen guineas surround and attack snakes before, uh, rodents, and part of the fact that they are so fearless means that they are just superior hunters. They are much better. They will line up kind of like a regiment and they will walk forward and they will work an entire field eating all of the bugs in front of them. And they will do it methodically and with no regard to their personal safety. 
So I got guinea chicks in the mail because my guineas are starting to get older. And this is probably the last year that they're going to be laying. And also, uh, they're delicious. They're just absolutely delicious birds. So it's time to replace our current flock of guineas with new babies. Most people don't know, by the way, that you can ship and receive chicks in the mail the first day that they're born. So you'll get a call from the post office like I did this week. I went down and then they just hand you a box with little holes in it that's like peeping and you open it up and it is full of chicks. Guineas come in a variety of different colors. So for the first time ever, I ordered a mixed box, hoping that I would get to mix up some of my colors. And I did. I got some guineas that I have never had before color-wise. And they have this beautiful plumage. Their feathers have these tiny white dots on them. And they are coveted for crafters, by the way, if any of you are my friends and are running any crafts and you want some guinea feathers, I have like a million. And they're just great, beautiful, loud, obnoxious, suicidal birds. And I'm excited to start our next crop of them. So they're in the brooder. They're under the heat lamp and they're getting water and some chick food And it will be great because they should be ready for the spring to go out and to be suicidal, hunting, loud watchdog maniacs. So that's one of the first things that's going on in the farm this week. They're baby chicks that came out of a box from the post office, and I cannot wait to see what they turn into. The second thing that is going on on the farm this week is that the apples and the pears and the trees in the back of our uh, house are finally starting to ripen and they're gorgeous. I mean, it's just starting to get that slightly rosy sheen that I am so excited about. And it means that we're heading towards pies and my favorite actually is to take these pears that we grow, and we grow the Asian pears, which are a little bit crunchier. They have that great pear flavor, but they have kind of the the meatier, crunchier meat that is more like an apple. And I love to take those and chop them up into slices and then put some fresh goat cheese and wrap them with a prosciutto and eat them. Oh, unbelievable. So... Now that they're starting to ripen, they are becoming the target for all of the birds in the area, which is endlessly frustrating. I finally went to the feed store and got some netting to put over in the hopes of trying to dissuade the birds. And also, they are, for some reason, the target of yellow jackets. I hate yellow jackets. I hate them. It's not like bees are nice and they're your friends and they make honey. And yellow jackets, these hornets are just evil, stabby, mean. I I know that all of God's creatures exist for some reason. And I'm sure that yellow jackets exist for some reason and that they contribute something. But I hate them. Hate them. Um... The first time that we moved here, right after we moved here, I had a yellow jacket 
nest I didn't know about in our electrical panel. And I opened up the electrical panel and a bunch of them stung me right in the middle of my face. And I still have not forgiven the entire species of bug. And I am holding that against all of them probably for the rest of my life. So I went to go find some yellow, like a yellow jacket trap or the, there's those ones, you know, that are a hot neon yellow. And I found out that there are two different types. You can get them either for east of the Rocky Mountains or west of the Rocky Mountains. And apparently they have different kinds of bait to try to get the yellow jackets to get in the trap and then stay there. So it, it was very unclear because it said, oh, are you in a Rocky Mountain state? Are you east of a Rocky Mountain state or west of a Rocky Mountain state? Well, I'm in Colorado, which is a Rocky Mountain state, but I am east of the Rockies, but just barely. So I decided, even though I live in the west, to get traps, I guess, for the east because we are technically east and I hung them up and there are zero yellow jackets in them. And so instead they have all decided to just get onto the pears and rip them open and eat them. And it's making me furious because I know that these pears need another week or two to be perfectly ripe. And instead I am just watching these evil stabby hornets just eat them. And it's driving me absolutely bananas. So we've got that and we've got the birds and I'm just fighting them all for whatever fruit I can retain. Um, It's so, so, so frustrating. The last thing that's going on here that I wanted to tell you about is it is the start of breeding season for the goats. So a goat's gestational period is between 150 and 155 days based on the type of goat and their genetics and how big they are, et cetera, et cetera. So I walk around asking Siri every day. I I hold up my little button and I say, Siri, what is 155 days from today? It's Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. And I ask her that every single day because then I know approximately what time I need to start looking for babies and put that in my calendar. It is really kind of an inexact science, but it will determine vacations and work and everything else because it is helpful to try to be here when your goats are giving birth. So I am just on the edge of starting the breeding season. I have one new buck. His name is Pressed for Time, Press for short, and he's a baby, so he's not exactly sure how this all, you know, works yet, how the whole situation works, so I will be putting him in with his future wife, wives, I guess, his, his little crew of ladies. I'll be putting him in this afternoon in a pen just for them, because I, a a goat's heat cycle, a female goat's heat cycle runs about 21 days. And I think that it's going to be important for him to have a few cycles to figure out, you know, just the logistics of how all of that works. So, uh, yeah, if I start now, we're looking at babies late January all the way into March and April. 
if press doesn't quite figure out how to, uh, you know, nail down his duty. <laughs> I guess is the way to say it. Yikes. Anyway, so those are the things that are going on here at the farm. I posted a piece yesterday for premium subscribers on the Substack about my cat, Ace, who has moved in, I mean, semi-recently, a couple weeks ago. And she clearly loves it here. And we love having her. She sleeps in bed with me every night. She is the most domesticated barn cat I've ever met. And she is uniquely skilled at murdering things, particularly rodents. So that's been interesting and a challenge. And one of the things I've been struggling with is that she, I think, loves it so much here and knows what her job is and is so effective at it that now I think we don't have any mice left in the house. And so the upshot of this piece that I wrote for premium subscribers, please subscribe, is that she uh, is now doing this really messed up game. Uh, it's like the what was that movie like the deadliest game or like the most dangerous game she is now catching live mice and then releasing them in my bedroom in order to demonstrate to me that she can catch mice effectively by catching them then in the middle of the night when I'm asleep and then depositing them onto the bed uh also because of this horrifying new dangerous game that she is playing in order to show us that she is in fact good at her job. And I don't know, there's no way for me to tell her and Kat like, hey, you are welcome here regardless of the rodent carcass gifts that you deposit on to us every evening. (laughs) It's, I mean, it's really, really bad. But if Uh, Because she is so effective at this, and this is her latest new thing, is making sure that I have access to mouse meat every night. My husband went by the restaurant supply store and he picked up one of those little tongs, like the tiny little tongs that you do for like serving cheeses and stuff. And because when I'm out during the day, I'm often wearing gloves when I'm working in the garden or I'm working with the goats or whatever I can kind of, you know, handle her situation, I'm wearing gloves, but when I'm getting ready for bed and she brings me the gifts, uh, my husband got me my little tongs so that I don't have to touch her gifts and I can deposit them back outside onto the patio for her to dispose of them. So uh, I now have tongs that I disinfect and keep by the bed. And it is only the kind of thing that you would deal with if you lived on an urban farm uh, with a slightly domesticated barn cat. So that is the Substack piece. I would love it if you would subscribe and be a premium subscriber. I hope that just a few stories or what's happening at the farm is something that's interesting to you. And if you're commuting or you're out driving and you're just trying to relax, you know, and think about anything other than the state of the world and just want to think about living on a tiny urban farm, it's great, except you have to battle yellow jackets and try to help your little bucklings figure out how to do the breeding thing and you get chicks in the mail and you also need a tiny pair of tongs in order to deal with gifts from your cat. So 
urban farming is great, but also there's there's a lot of moving parts. I hope that you are having a great day. I hope that whatever is going on in your life is fabulous. And if you enjoyed this, please subscribe and leave me a little message or a little note. If there's anything you want to hear about, let me know. If you hate it, uh, you've probably already stopped listening. So whatever. But yeah, I, I did podcasting for a long time and I really missed it. And then I realized that there is so much going on here that I could just regularly give you, semi-regularly give you little snippets and updates. So that's what's going on here. I hope things are great for you. Talk to you later.